This morning we're continuing our series, Words to Live By. And, uh, you know, we could really spend the rest of the year in this series. We're not. But this morning I wanted, last week we talked about the power of your words. How many of you have been thinking about your words this morning? I had to just catch myself a few times, right? In fact, Tanya one time said, hey, don't say that. Don't, right? Come on, we got to watch our words and we got to, we got to quit sabotaging ourselves by just speaking negative words of ourselves, of our family. And we need to start speaking words of grace and power and faith and declare in the name of Jesus that we are not cursed. We are blessed. We're not struggling. We're surviving. We're thriving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now this morning, I want to talk about another principle that I think can really change your life. In fact, I called it, I entitled it, A Key to a Changed Life. And uh, and how many of you would like to change something in your life, right? Something about your life. You would like some area of your life to improve, right? I think everybody does. But, you know, some of us, it might be a financial situation, a relational situation. Some of us, we would just like our golf game to improve. Can I get a witness from any of the men? Some of us, we might need like our emotional state to change or even our spiritual life to change. And so, you know, most of us would like at least some area of our life to improve, to change. And so then the question is, how do you do that? Today, I want to talk about what I think is a key to changing areas of your life, keys to changing your life. In Romans 12 and 2, it says this, Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, I believe that anybody's life can be changed or transformed if they will simply change the way that they think. You just change the way that you think. Romans 12, 2 tells us God's main way of changing people's lives is primarily by changing the way that we think. And if we will change what the way that we think, our life will change. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed. The word transform is the Greek word that we get our English word metamorphosis, which means uh, to undergo complete and total change. Not a little bit of change, a total radical complete change, like when the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. How many of you know that's a complete change right there? Whenever a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, you could say that's transformation. And if we looked at some of our pictures on our driver's license before we got saved, others would say, now that is a transformation right there. Amen. How many of you, how many of you can relate to that, right? Now there's four truths I know about mindsets. The first one is my mindsets determine who I am. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says this, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. Now what does this verse mean? I believe it means that our minds are the control center of our lives. And as our mind goes, so goes our life. Whatever becomes the predominant mindsets and the thinking patterns of your life, your life will follow that. Your life will become that. And it's like words. Thoughts are like seeds. And whatever thoughts we allow our minds to dwell on 
are like those seeds planted in a garden of our subconscious minds and those seed thoughts, they take root, they grow, and they produce the fruit of its kind. For example, if I allow negative thoughts to occupy my mind, I will reap the fruit of a negative life. Are y'all with me out there? If you, if I allow my mind to dwell on thoughts of defeat and failure, then I'll reap the harvest of a defeated life and a life of failure. So we got to watch what we think about, right? But the opposite is also true. If I allow my mind to dwell on thoughts of success and prosperity and victory, well, I'm going to reap the harvest of success, prosperity, and victory. I could tell some of you right now, your mind is not receiving what I'm saying. But I really believe this. We become who we are primarily because of the dominating thoughts that we allow to occupy our minds. So the first truth is life change starts with the mind. My mindsets determine who I am. My mindsets also determine how I treat others. When you have a wrong mindset, you have a tendency to mistreat other people. Prejudice is a mindset issue. Physical abuse is a mindset issue. Violence is a mindset issue. When you have a right mindset, you tend to be more kind, compassionate, respectful, and honoring of people. When you have a wrong mindset, you tend to be ugly, critical, judgmental. You tend to treat others bad. Philippians 2, 3 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. When you have the right mindset, you treat others correctly. Amen. So if you, if you want to see whether somebody has a healthy mindset or not, watch the way they treat other people. Because it'll be an indication of whether they have a good, solid, healthy mindset or not. Are y'all still tracking with me? So our mindsets, whether they're right or wrong, determine how we treat others. A third truth about my mindsets is my mindset determines the strength of my spiritual life. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27 Jesus was out doing ministry and he left his girl's home and two blind men followed along behind him shouting, son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and he said, because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were open and they could see. What did Jesus say to the blind men? Because of their faith. What is faith? It's a mindset. Faith is a mindset that believes and trusts God. If God said it, he will do it. How many of you believe that this morning? Faith is a mindset that believes in God's ability. You see, people that choose not to serve God or live for God, their mindset is wrong. They think that if they follow God, that he's going to lead them into some boring, humdrum kind of life. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, you haven't started living yet until you start living for God. Amen. Matthew 9, 29, in the Good News translation, it says, Then Jesus touched their eyes and said, Let it happen then just as you believe. 
How many of you know your mindsets determine the strength of your spiritual life? If you have faith-filled mindsets, you can touch people's lives like you never thought possible. If you have the right mindset, you can experience supernatural miracles. I can tell you one thing that I believe this morning. It's a mindset. I believe it. Donna had faith that God could heal her. That's why she got healed. I believe that. Amen. If you have a faith-filled mindset, you can see and experience supernatural answers to prayer. You know, a few years ago, I had this huge burden in my life, and, and I was praying about it. I was talking to God about it or whining to God about it and telling him about, you know, how discouraging this situation was. And, uh, and uh, the, you know, the, the Lord just uh, kind of chastised me. He rebuked me, if you would. He, you know, he said, listen, your reason why you're so discouraged is because you don't have faith that I can change that situation. That's why you're discouraged about it. You think that it's impossible. You think that it's beyond my ability and my reach. How many of you know nothing is beyond God's ability and his reach? He can do anything, right? And so I just repented. I changed my mindset. I said, Lord, I believe that you can. Well, that situation got resolved and here we go. Amen. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore, I tell you that whatever you ask for in prayer, believe. That's a mindset that you have received and it'll be yours. So once again, Jesus reminds us that it's our ability to think positive, to believe, have a mindset of faith that determines our effectiveness of our spiritual journey. Listen, if we're weak spiritually today, if we will change our mindsets, we will get stronger spiritually. And so there's just a chance that maybe somebody in this room wants stronger faith. I can tell you, you got to strengthen your spiritual life by changing your mindsets. Now, here's a fourth truth about mindsets. My mindsets determine the limitations in my life. You know, the Gospel of Mark tells the story of a father. He had a demon-possessed son. I mean, this wasn't just a normal son. He was demon-possessed. And he brought him to the disciples. And, of course, they, they prayed for him, but they couldn't cure him. So the father brought him to Jesus. And Jesus asked the questions, how long has this son of yours been having these problems? And he said, man... It, forever since since he was a boy and this is what this is the the dialogue in mark 9 21 how long has this been happening jesus asked the boy's father he replied since he was a little boy the spirit often throws him into the fire into the water trying to kill him have mercy on us and help us if you can there's a mindset if you can do you do you grasp the mindset of the father he's thinking lord i know you can do some really incredible things but I don't know if my son can actually experience deliverance. And so Jesus says in verse 23, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Wow, did you catch that? Anything is possible if you believe. Even as I say that, I have a sense that even as I say that, it's hitting the brain of some of you and you're kicking it back to me and say, no, that's not true. It's hard for us to believe sometimes the words that Jesus said because they're not natural words. They're supernatural words. They're supernatural truth. And our little tiny finite mental uh, natural brain can't even comprehend sometimes the power of God's word. But he says, if you believe... What you believe determines your limitations. 
Our mindsets determine what we can accomplish in life. Somebody says, if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. You're right. You're going to get what you believe. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. The question is, what do you think within yourself? What is the predominating thought of your mind? Is it positive or is it negative? Listen, if you think you can win, then you can win. If you think you can be victorious, then you can be victorious. If you think you can be healed, then guess what? Donna, you can be healed. Amen. If you think you can be prosperous, then guess what? You can be prosperous. Amen. If you think it, whatever you think. Your mindsets determine your limitations and your destiny. And you can, listen, you can never rise above the images, beliefs, and mental pictures of your thoughts that dominate your mind. That's why it's so important that we learn to renew our mind, to change our mind. We can never go further in life than the mental barriers of our mind. Wrong mindsets become mental barriers or strongholds that keeping us, that keep us from being all that God desires us to be. And that keep us from being who God wants us to become. Our mindsets are like, like lids on our life. You heard of the story of the, the fleas that were put in the jar, right? They, they put some fleas in the jar and, you know, it was like a, you know, I'm thinking of a, what's those jars? Yeah, thank you very much. Those mason jars. And they poked holes in and they put fleas in it, and the fleas started bouncing around in the, in the jar and they would hit their head on the lid. After a while, they take the lid off and the fleas will never get out of the jar. They developed a mindset that this is as far as I can go in life. And some of us, we've hit our head on the jar of life and our life experiences have told us that this is as far as you can go. We've developed a limited mindset because of our experiences in life. I heard of another story of, you know, you've gone to the circus. I know that's changing a lot now, but you know, these elephants, they're huge elephants and they put this little, this little rope around their foot and they tie them to this little stake and they just stay there. And you're thinking, whoo, I sure hope that elephant doesn't desire to, to get through that, that, you know, the crowd there because he's out of here. That little rope is not going to hold that elephant. How does that, how do they accomplish that? Whenever they're young, they take a rope, wrap it around their one of their legs, put it in a stake. And whenever they're young and they're not too strong, they try to go somewhere and the rope holds them and it helps them develop a mindset that I can't go any further than this rope will allow me. And so whenever they become adults, they stay within the rope, the limitations and the restrictions of the rope because their experiences say, have taught them a mindset, a wrong mindset that they can't go any further. How many of you know if they change their mindset, look out, right? Look out. And so if we want to soar in life, we have to first begin to break the mental barriers, the wrong mindsets that are holding us back. Are y'all with me out there? Second Corinthians 10, 3 says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, a stronghold 
is made up of two words, strong and hold. And it represents a mindset or a belief system that is contrary to God's will and God's word. Strongholds are basically lies and deceptions that are deeply planted in our minds that Satan designed to plant there to hold us in bondage and captivity. And whenever Satan can get us to buy in to a lie, he builds a castle, a stronghold. He builds a fortification. He plants his, his, his barriers in our mind and he gains control of our minds. He holds us in bondage and he ends up controlling areas of our life. So remember this. Our mind is Satan's preferred arena that he likes to attack us in. It's his preferred arena. So before you can live free and victorious in your life, you must first win the battle in your mind. Does that make sense? Are y'all like receiving this? Y'all kind of looking at me like, like a cow at a new gate. You know, it's like, oh, I don't know about that. So, and the way you win the battle in your mind is by taking control of your thoughts. Bring them into obedience to God. And this is what 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says. The weapons we fight with, he's talking about warfare here, but not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now watch verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And watch. And we take a, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you win the battle in the brain, you win the battle out in the, in the world. Amen? Now, I want to just give you three. There's a lot. But there, I want to just talk about three mental barriers that we all must break if we're going to live free and victorious. The first one is the mental barrier of a poor self-image. A self-image is this mental picture or this mental portrait, this self-portrait that's deep down in, in the inside of us. A poor self-image is whenever you place a lower value on yourself than you put on other people. And so it's a mental image of yourself that's inferior to others. It's that deep down feeling that you have on the inside that says, I don't like myself. I can't do anything. We usually get our self-image from, from what other people say about us, what other people tell us, how our parents, our peers regarded us. From our, we get our, our minds, our self-image mindset from our own view of ourselves, our personality, our appearance, our abilities, our accomplishments. Most importantly, we develop self-image from Satan's notorious lies and deceptions. We don't even need anybody to tell us anything negative about ourselves. Satan will be sure to tell you something negative about yourself. He wants to paint a picture in your brain of who you are that is a lie straight from the pit of hell. How many of you know that? And the problem is we'll never rise above the image we have of ourself in our mind. And that's why Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. One translation says, what you think about yourself is what or who you will become. The man, you heard of the story of the man that went on vacation in Hawaii. Of course, Hawaii's nice, right? And, and his friend who lived there was taking him on a journey and, uh, and they stopped to admire this gorgeous house. 
set on a hill overlooking, overlooking the water. The yard was like this garden. It was pristine. It was beautiful. And the man just looked over at his wife and he said, Honey, we'll never have a house like that. And it's like himself spoke back to himself. And he heard in his mind, said, Nope, you'll never have a house like that. And startled by the very thing that he was thinking, he questioned himself. What do you mean? So, well, if you think you can never have a house like that, then you will never have a house like that. You're right. And so what you think about yourself, if you think that you're a loser, then you're probably never going to get past that. Are y'all still tracking with me? A poor self-image will hold you hostage in your mind and keep you from reaching your potential. So if you think you're unqualified, inadequate, insignificant, have no value, you're going to live that way. You will speak and react according to the person that you think you are. You will never rise above the image you have of yourself in your mind. That's why we got to change our, our self-image. Amen. You have to break the mental barrier of, of, of a wrong self-image by guarding your mind, controlling your thought life, and you can begin by agreeing with what God says. Amen? Psalm 139 and verse 13 says, You created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you and because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Come on, how many of you know we need to know that full way? God says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. So start taking those negative thought captive that says otherwise and start declaring God's truth. Amen. Here's God's truth about you. You're special. You're one of a kind. You're made in the image of God. God created you. God does not make any junk. You're not ugly. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You're not defeated. You're an overcomer. You're not insignificant. By the way, you're a joint killer. You're not weak or frail. You're strong and victorious in Jesus' name. You got to begin to do warfare in your mind. Take captive those negative thoughts and begin replacing them with the truth of God's word. Amen. Amen. Did you notice the power and just the declaration of those things? I mean, you can't see my little brain up here, but my little brain's saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Is that right? Amen. Now, the second mental barrier you need to break first and is a poor self-image. Second one is the mental barrier of pride. I heard it said that if the devil can't, you know, tear you down, then he's going to try to puff you up. And so some people's problem is not having a poor self-image. It's having an inflated self-image. Don't look around. <laughs> it's called pride. Amen? Pride is having an inordinate feeling or superiority over others in their talents, their beauty, their wealth, their accomplishments, or their status in life. And the problem with pride is it will eventually bring you down. It'll bring you down. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. And so whenever I think about this, I see Satan trying to feed us thoughts of, man, you're incredible. You're the most talented person in the world. 
my Lord, you're the best. You're the most handsome. You're the beautiful. I mean, he will try to inflate. If he can knock you down and make you think you're little than a, an ant, you know, on a, on a anthill, then he'll try to make you think that you're better than God. Come on now. Somebody say amen right there. Listen, when you allow your thoughts to build the mental stronghold of pride, then you are better, that you are better than others, that you, you, uh, that, that you, you're superior to others. You're about to fall. The mental barrier of pride keeps you down. It keeps you from being used of God, keeps you from learning about God. It keeps you from getting God's guidance. It keeps you from receiving God's favor and blessing, keeps you from getting along with others, keeps you from prospering and succeeding. The Bible says in James 4, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. We have to break that mental barrier and stronghold of pride in our minds by guarding our minds and controlling our thought life. We need to start taking those thoughts captive and declare God's truth. I am no better than anybody else. I am no better than anybody else. In ability, in physical appearance, or accomplishment. With God's help, I am nothing, and I can't, without God's help, I am nothing, and I can do nothing. Amen. But now, with God's help, look out. Amen. Amen. So my confidence is not in me, it's in God. So to break the prideful mindset, I must take captive any thoughts that suggest treating others incorrectly or inferior. I need to take the captive the thoughts that suggest that I can look down on anybody that's different than me. I need to take captive and not allow selfish thoughts to overtake my mind and humbly take on the role of a servant and begin serving others. Amen. We need to begin doing warfare over our minds. First Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of uh, and power of God And at the right time, he'll lift you up in honor. Isn't this good? Here's the third mindset. The third one is we need to break the barrier of unbelief. Unbelief, yeah. Unbelief is a mental barrier that will block your spiritual life. Now, you know, according to Matthew 9, 29, Jesus said, it's according to your faith that it will be done to you. According to your faith. Faith releases the power and the provisions of God in your life. Unbelief blocks the power and provisions of God. So not everybody receives from the God from God equally. Some people receive more from God than others. And it has everything to do with their faith, what they believe, their mindset. Unbelief is a mental stronghold that blocks you spiritually, that needs to be broken in your life if you want to start receiving more from the Lord. Amen? What's unbelief? It's having believed God at one time, but then beginning to doubt God. And so unbelief kind of works like this. I know God said we could be blessed and enjoy his favor, but I'm not sure that applies to me. I don't see God working in my life. Unbelief says, I know God said he would be with us through difficult time, but I, I don't, I sure don't see evidence. Or feel his presence. You ever felt like that? If you think about it, people that struggle with the mindset or the barrier of unbelief rely more on their senses than their faith. They rely on what they see, what they feel, what they hear, rather than relying on the promises of God. 
Unbelief is really a mental obstinate stronghold, a mindset that refuses to trust God and will keep you from experiencing the power and the provisions of God. Come on, how many of you are convinced? I don't want that. How many of you are feeling that right now? Remember when, uh, remember when Jesus went to minister in his own hometown in Nazareth? I mean, he was there and he was there to, to minister to people. And the, his ministry, the Bible says, was very limited, not because he was lacking in ability, because of the people's response. And this is what Mark 6, 5 says, because of their unbelief. He couldn't do any mighty miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Man, when you go to Hebrews 11 and you read the hall of faith, the things that you can accomplish if we can just believe God. Remember when the father brought his demon-possessed son to his disciples that we talked about earlier and, and they couldn't cure him, so he brought him to Jesus and Jesus asked, you know, how long has this been? And in verse 24, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You see, the father recognized he had a mental barrier of unbelief that needed to, to be overcome, to be needed to be broken so he could receive a miracle for his son. Amen? You know, uh, if the truth be known, I think all of us at one time or another struggle with unbelief, right? In fact, I tend to have more faith for you than I have for myself. I can believe for more miracles for you than I can. Come on, y'all help me out. If you've, come on, if you've ever been there, ever, ever, just say amen right there, amen. So I think we all need to begin doing warfare over our mind by taking captive those thoughts of unbelief and begin replacing them with faith-filled thoughts, amen. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 19, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I love this one. Psalm 27.13, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Come on. How many of you want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, right? Life change always starts with the mind. If you want to soar in life, you have to first begin to break the mental barriers and the wrong mindsets that are holding you back. And, and I believe that we all have a measure of them. We have a measure of, of strongholds that hold us back in an area. And I believe that sometimes we suffer, we struggle, like with finances, because we got some barriers, we got some mindsets that are wrong. Or we'll struggle, say, with relationships or a relationship because we have some mindsets that are wrong. And if we can change our mindsets, we can change our relationships. We can change our finances. We can change areas of our life. If you change your mindsets, you will change your life. Romans 12.2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By renewing your mind. You can change your mindset by renewing your mind. Renewing of the mind means to change your thinking. See, the way you change your life is to, to change your thinking. I know we think we're smart, but we're not that smart. None of us know everything about everything. We need revelation. 
We need light from God. We need insight from God. We need even him to pull back the curtain and let us see as he sees. Come on, y'all help me this morning. Now, there's three ways you can renew your mind. Number one, you can renew your mind by thinking about what you're thinking about. That's deep right there. And it's on your outline. If you got one of them papers, it's on your outline. You got to stop allowing your mind to dwell on thoughts that are ungodly, that are lies straight from hell, from the evil one. Amen. You can control what you allow your mind to dwell on, to think about. Amen. Now, listen, I, some of you, you, you've been knowing this all your life, it seemed like, but this is revelation to me. It's like, wow, this is awesome, man. Second Corinthians 10, 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pr pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. See, thoughts is where we go wrong. Thoughts is where we get into trouble. We take captive our thoughts and we make it, we bring it, we make it obedient to Christ. So in other words, Paul's saying, you got to take captive your thoughts. And make them obedient to Christ. And, and I use this illustration all the time because I, I can't think of a better one. For me, it gives me the picture. Martin Luther said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head. You can't. You walk out there, they're going to fly over your head. Can't even, you don't know where they come from, where they're going, how they got there. You don't know. And then, boop, they're over your head. Martin Luther said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair. I, I dare not. You are not making a nest in my hair. You know, we have these birds that think that my, our speakers on our back patio is where they're supposed to nest. And we're trying to convince them that's not where they nest. And so we have to take captive their nest after their birds hatch. I'm chasing a rabbit here, but let me get back. Let me get back to Martin Luther. <laughs> Let's talk about Martin Luther, all right. But you get the analogy? Like, we can't stop a thought from hitting the screen of our mind. You can't just put your mind in neutral and nothing, no thoughts. I mean, sometimes we become like, you, you would think we don't have a thought, like, it looks like we say, hey, is anybody there? Is anybody? It's like Motel 6, you know. <laughs> the light's on, but nobody's home, right? So you got to watch what you think about since you can't stop thoughts from entering your brain, right? So you got to sift every thought that comes into your mind. And I like the filter of Philippians 4.8. And it says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. See, this is what happens. We think about it, it affects our emotions. And our emotions affect our behavior. If you want to change your emotions, you got to change your thought pattern. You got to be careful what you think about. You can think yourself into depression. You can think your way into depression and discouragement and failure. So you got to watch what you think about 
so you can have the right emotion, so you can have the right behavior. That's good right there. Amen. Amen. Isn't that great? So we don't have to sit. We don't have to live our lives like a sitting duck that the enemy can just destroy us and he can just bombard us and he can take us down at his will. Amen. Come on. That's where he attacks us right here. It's in our brain. So whenever you think about something, sift it through this. Is it praiseworthy? Is it lovely? Is it noble? Is it right? Is it true? Is it God's thought and my own thought? See, so first you you can renew your mind by thinking about what you're thinking about. Number two, you can renew your mind by washing your mind with the word of God. Ephesians 5, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. The word of God is designed to give you a brainwashing, to wash your mind. When people say Christians are brainwashed, they're right. They're right. They've been brainwashed from those devil-inspired principles, values, and thoughts that come straight from the pit of hell. The word of God will give your brain a bath. It'll give your, your mind a bath. The word of God is like OxyClean. I feel like doing a commercial right now. I just, I just kind of was about to get in the row, right? OxyClean, right? But you know what it does? It removes deep, stubborn stains of negative thoughts, lies, and Satan's deceptions. Amen. Come on, the word of God is powerful. You can destroy bondages and strongholds, how? By exposing your mind to the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active. And it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. The truth of God's word exposes, disarms, and breaks the lies of the enemy. The word of God is the sword of God. It cuts the lies. It breaks the lies. It unseats the deceptions, the, the belief systems that we've bought into, that we learned way back when. We we have these, these thinking patterns that are holding us back, like the lid in the jar, but the word of God will take the lid off of the jar and it'll change our th stinking thinking and give us the right thinking. So we're gonna come out of the jar and we're going to soar like God called us and designed for us to live in. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's word is amazing, isn't it? And finally, to renew your mind, you, you need the mind of Christ. You need the mind of Christ. Y'all believe that? So you know it's good to pray every day, Lord, give me the mind of Christ. Come on, how many of you believe? You Maybe, maybe, you just might have one lie that you believe somewhere in life that might be holding you down. Would you do me a favor and just stand with me this morning? You all know, believe the, the very first lie that Satan planted in the garden was that you don't need God, you can become God. You don't, you don't need God, you got this. 
You're a Thibodeau. You are Broussard. You can do this. Come on, you are an Abed. You can do that. Are y'all with me out there? The first lie the enemy tries to trap us with is make us thinking, think that we don't need God. We could do it on our own. And that's what he did in the garden, remember? It's like, ah, oh, eat that fruit. Come on. God knows. God knows if you just eat that fruit, man, you're going to be like him. And he just don't want you to be like him. See, before you can have the mind of Christ, you have to have you have to have a spiritual experience. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 2:14 says, "The people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means." For those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? But we understand these things because we have the mind of Christ. Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. You've got you to be a new creature. You've got you to give your life to Christ. And whenever, whenever you give your life to Christ and you make that decision, you change your stinking thinking to say, I don't need God, to I need God. And you're willing to surrender your life. All of a sudden, He takes the human natural mind that you have and gives you a spiritual mind where you can start seeing and understanding things that you never thought you could see. It says that those that don't know God, it's like their minds are veiled. They have they're like blinders over their understanding. They can't understand the spiritual things. And they look at it and they say, man, that's crazy. That's ridiculous. It's because you don't have the spiritual mindset. You need the mind of Christ. And you get the mind of Christ when you make a decision Jesus, I need you. I've sinned. I've fallen short. I've made mistakes. I need you. And I need you to forgive my sins. I need, I want to surrender to you. When you do that, things begin to change in your life. Would you do me a favor and just bow your head with me for just a moment? There may be some, some folks in here that you've never really, you've never really surrendered your life to Christ. You've never asked them to forgive your sins. And you've never been born again. Today, the Word of God has been sent out to change your mindset, to think that it's okay just to go to church without giving your life to Christ. And today, God has helped you to see that you need to give your life. You need to surrender to God. And if that's you today, God wants to change your life. Or maybe at one time you had surrendered your life, but somewhere along the way, the distractions of life, you fell away. You've just gone your own way. Now today, it's time to come back. It's time, it's time to renew your, your commitment to God. If that, if that description fits you this morning with everybody's heads bowed and praying, would you just do me a favor? I won't embarrass you. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, do anything that would cause you to be uncomfortable. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? Thank you, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand right here. Anybody, right, ma'am, I see your hand. Anywhere else, I see. But right back here, I see your hand. Oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. Now, we're all going to pray together in support of you. And, and God God just wants to change your life. And He wants to just give you a renewed mind. And so just pray this prayer. 
Say, Lord Jesus, I know you've died for me. I know you've shed your blood for me, for my mistakes. God, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Lord, would you help me? Would you forgive me for all my sins? Today, I choose to give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family, into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 A number of hands went up. Thank you for being so courageous. If there's a card in the pew, if you'll just take the time to fill it out, just bring it to the lobby. We have a gift for you. We have a Bible for you. We just want to put some tools in your hand to help you get started because we think it's the best decision you could ever make. Amen. And so just please take a few minutes to do that. And we also want to pray for you. Now listen, before we go, can we break those mindsets? Let's break that mindset right now of poor self-image. Let's break it. In the name of Jesus, come on. Some of us are suffering with that. Some of us have been told that we're a nobody, that we're a failure. Come on, let's take authority over that poor self-image right now. Come on, let's pull it down. Let's pull down those thoughts. In the name of Jesus, we break, we break poor self-image. We break the lies of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, we destroy those lies of the evil one. We break their power, break their hold in Jesus' name. Now, come on, let's let's pull down pride. Lord, we're nothing without you. Lord, we, we're nothing without you. We're not better than others. We're not, we're not superior to others. Lord, we're the same as others. Father, I pray the spirit of pride, I break it over my mind and over the mind of every person in this room. Lord, clothe us with humility. Lord, we declare today that we're walking in humility. We're seeing ourselves, Lord, in not better than others. We're seeing others better than us. Lord, we're serving others. We're living for others in the name of Jesus. Now, one more. Let's break the spirit of unbelief. Let's break that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I don't want to leave miracles on the table because I don't believe. Lord, I'm like the Father that said, I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. Lord, we pull down the thoughts, the high thoughts of unbelief. We break their power, break their hope. Lord, we pray, feed our faith today. Strengthen our faith today. Lord, give us the ability to believe God for miracles like ever before. Lord, we thank you that today we have a new mind. We have a new mind. The spirit of our mind has been renewed. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, we're soaring in the mighty and in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody that agreed said... Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. You're dismissed. You have a wonderful day.